I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my daughter, Aaliyah, and this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we have a very special guest today. Her name is Kate. Welcome, Kate. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Kate is a friend of Aaliyah's, and she's staying with us, so we thought it'd be fun to record a podcast together. So, Aaliyah, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? Good. What have you been up to lately? Working. (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty much it. I finished spring term, so I'm done with school, and I'm just, you know, working. <laughs> All right. Working nine to Anyway. <laughs> um, any musical pursuits lately that you want to share? Or good, good um, soundtracks or anything? I guess I just have to say that the Kung Fu <clears throat> okay. Panda 2 soundtrack is <laughs> the best ever. And also the Loki, <laughs> the Loki score from the Loki show that's coming out of Disney Plus right now is phenomenal. Yeah. Written by a woman. She's super cool. It's got like synth stuff and orchestra stuff. And what I think is a theremin, which if you don't know what that is, look it up. It's a really cool instrument. It's, I looked up a YouTube video of people playing a theremin and it looks like they're waving their hands around in the air. It's that's totally what it is. weird. <laughs> So you should do it. And uh, her name is Natalie Holt. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else she's written, but it's pretty amazing. So awesome. Well, Kate, how are you today? Uh, I'm good. Good. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I have nothing to say. What have you been up to? Just pretty much the same thing as Leah. I think just working and hanging out, watching fun stuff with you guys. Yeah. How do you know Leah? We met in school. She lived in the room across from me in the dorms. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, glad to have you here with us today, Kate. And we gave Rivka the day off. Uh, I'm sure she's running a race, I think. So yeah, (laughs) um, we are going to talk about the talk, Jesus Christ, the caregiver of our soul by Elder Ulysses Sawadis. I did not say that right, I'm sure, of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles from the Sunday morning session. So we move into the Sunday morning session. We've covered three of the five. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. So, um, yeah. So, Aaliyah, what uh, what was your big takeaway from this talk? My biggest takeaway is um, in the first paragraph of the talk, the way he describes the atonement. He says it's the most marvelous, most majestic, most immeasurable act that has occurred in all of human history. And I thought that that doesn't even cover it. <laughs> like those are big words, and those are. And he goes on in the talk to say a lot of stuff, but. I mean, it's just too grand and marvelous and majestic and immeasurable to even describe. Yeah, that's awesome. It reminded me of um, President Uchtdorf or Elder Uchtdorf saying unimaginable, you Mm -hmm. know, over and over. And there's not enough superlatives for the atonement. Mm -hmm. Great. Kate, what was your big takeaway? Um, I think, well, about halfway through, um, he talks about how the gift of repentance is like... God basically showing kindness to his children. And I think it's just a good reminder that like we're going to mess up in this life, but repentance isn't a bad thing. Like we're supposed to repent. Awesome. I love it. 
So the atonement is amazing and repentance is good. And uh, my big takeaway was this sentence right here. Through Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice, we can experience a mighty change of mind and heart, bringing a fresh attitude both toward God and toward life in general. Um, I That really stuck out to me because usually we talk about a mighty change of heart. That's sort of the scriptural phrase. And to hear him sort of tweak that a little bit and say a mighty change of mind and heart to bring a fresh attitude, um, I thought that was really cool, something I'd never thought of how important the, the mental part of that is and um, how the, the mind and the heart work together. So we don't, we can't just know it or we can't just feel it. We have to know it and feel it and really have both those things changed for us. So, okay, that's great. So those are our big takeaways. So Aaliyah, um, can you share with us a, a part of it that really stuck out to you? Yeah, so um, he was talking about this family who's... Um, the parents passed away and they um, he talks about their son who was serving as a bishop in Brazil. And the son had said, um, it was so difficult to see my parents depart from this world in that condition, but I could clearly feel the hand of the Lord in my life amidst that tragedy because I received strength and peace that transcended my understanding. And I thought that was a really interesting way to describe kind of the feeling of the Lord's hand or presence in your life because it just transcends understanding. Like it's, it's almost an otherworldly kind of feeling, I guess. It's not always something you can describe or fully understand or comprehend. And later he says, I felt an explicable peace that penetrated the depths of my heart, giving me hope and confidence in the love of the savior for me and in the plan of happiness of God for his children. So that same thing of being inexplicable. Um, so I guess you could also add unimaginable. <laughs> it's an unimaginable feeling that comes when God's presence is in your life. Yeah. I, I, I that word also stuck out to me and I, I thought maybe what he was saying is that if he was on his own, he would, you know, feel bitter or not know how to process it or just feel like it was unfair or whatever the case may be. And that's what his personal understanding would have been or his personal, you know, way to deal with it. But through the savior, he was able to overcome that or transcend it. So, and I think it was his, his parents died of COVID, right? Isn't that yeah, what the story it's like was? COVID yeah. complications, COVID complications, right? Yeah. Um, have you ever felt some understanding that transcended your own mortal capabilities, Leah? Um, a lot of times when I say that I know something in the gospel, it's a knowledge that isn't fully like understood on mortal terms. Like it's a, it's, it's not me, I guess. Like a lot of times when I feel a spirit, it's, um, it's just like a reinforcement of knowledge or like I'm, I'm getting knowledge or understanding. Um, and so that that tends to transcend understand like i can't always explain why i know something or or f- explain fully the feeling that i have you know yeah cool i like that so sometimes you're bearing a testimony of something that you don't fully intellectually wouldn't how do i say that so maybe you wouldn't have been able to explain how you came to that knowledge but you know deep deep down inside or I can explain it to some degree, but there's some part that's inexplainable and, and that I can't explain, I guess. 
Inexplainable. Is that a word? Unexplainable? In- I don't know. Inexplicable? <laughs> Dang it. Where's Ripka when we need her? <laughs> yeah. wow. She would know. <laughs> uh, we've already... It's seven minutes, Ripka. That's all it took for us to <laughs> fall off the rails. <laughs> Struggling. <laughs> so, um, Kate, have you ever felt some understanding that transcended your own mortal abilities? Yeah, I think... I don't know. A lot of times it'll be it'll be a thought that'll just come into my mind like really quickly and then it will leave. But I like for just a split second, I feel like, oh, my gosh, like I understand everything and I can't explain what I just thought or like ex- like. Right. I, I can't put it into words ever, but it was just the feeling of like, oh, I understood it for like a split second. Like I knew that it was real and I had this understanding of it and then it's gone. But like the feeling's still there. You know? Right. That's a really cool way to describe it. So it's sort of this flash of insight and maybe mm-hmm. you couldn't, you know, write a book about it or something, but you, you comprehended it in that moment and you know that you comprehended it. Yeah. That's cool. I like it. Well, um, Kate, are, what, uh, what stuck out to you about this talk? Any quotes that really came to the forefront when you were reading it? Um, well, the one scripture that he quoted that said, cast thy burdens upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. I thought that was cool just because you think about the Lord sustaining you and like, good works and that kind of stuff, but also in your struggles, like the Lord sustains you in all of your sorrows and all of your joys too. Awesome. Which I thought was cool. Do you have an example of that from your life? Um, yeah, I think, well, just a quick example. And I think I might've shared this with you Aaliyah, before, but when we first, my family moved to the Middle East when I was eight and that was like super hard. I was not having a good time as an eight-year-old. <laughs> um, but I remember my dad read um, the book of Ruth. He read like the first chapter to me where it talks about like, my God is your God and I'll go where you go and that kind of stuff. And he was basically like, look, you're doing the same thing. Like you went to this place that you've never been and that kind of stuff. Um, and that kind of just, to me, that was an example of the Lord sustaining me because it was from the scriptures and from my own father, you know, sharing this experience with me. And that just kind of built my testimony in a way. And that's just something I've always remembered, but that's kind of an example. That's cool. I love that example. Yeah. You lived in the Middle East for a long time, right? Uh, yeah. About five years, I think. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. How was it living there um, in a place where your faith was um, not very common? Um, I actually had a really good experience. I think because so we were in Dubai, so there were so many different cultures and a lot of different religions there as well. Um, and like one of my best friends was a Muslim, but we would talk about religion all the time and just talk about the differences and the similarities. But it was never in a, like a hostile way or like, let me prove you wrong kind of way. But it was just cool to have exposure to all of these different beliefs. Cool. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> well, a quote that stuck out to me for this was really um, back towards the beginning. He said, by voluntarily taking upon himself the sins of all mankind, being cruelly nailed to the cross and victoriously conquering death on the third day, Jesus gave a more sacred significance to the Passover ordinance that had been bestowed upon Israel in ancient times. In fulfillment of prophecy, he offered his own body and precious blood as the great and last sacrifice, validating the traditional symbols used in the celebration of the Lord's Passover. In so doing, Christ experienced physical and spiritual suffering that is incomprehensible, there's that word again, to the human mind. Um, so this stuck out to me for a couple of reasons. So one, um, I, I just, you know, we know that this was all prophesied and 
I I was struck how he's sort of reteaching the basics of the gospel, right? It's not like any of us attended conference thinking, you know, that they were going to learn that, uh, you know, the atonement was real and that was going to be the first time they ever heard it, right? We've all, we've all heard that before, but it's amazing how often the prophets and apostles sort of teach the basics. But I really loved the idea here where it says Jesus gave a more sacred significance to the Passover ordinance. And I was trying to channel my inner Rivka and think of a list of things where, you know, the gospel gives it more sacred significance. Um, so this was, you know, a symbolic meal that they'd been practicing for, you know, years and years, thousands of years. And, and his sacrifice made that um, more meaningful. So in my own life, I would think like being a parent, you know, lots of people are parents, but being a parent and having the gospel perspective makes being a parent more meaningful or really all my family relationships, my role as a, a husband, um, even my job becomes more meaningful and more sacred by, you know, being a way that I provide for my family. Um, I think serving others, you know, there are lots of ways to serve others. You can mow somebody's lawn or you can go work for the Peace Corps or whatever, but serving others through the gospel, I think adds significance. So there's so many ways that, you know, the gospel and therefore the atonement have made my life more significant when I really sit down and think about it. Aaliyah, did you have anything that your life has been, uh, that has been more significant in your life through the atonement? Um, I think maybe not ex- like directly from the atonement, but just from the whole um, plan of salvation and I guess gospel plan, gospel doctrine um, is my talents in me developing them is there's, it's like there's a higher purpose to what I'm doing. Cause I would probably do, it anyways and you know continue to learn those things and and work on them but they have more meaning now that i you know have a gospel perspective cool i like it uh okay so what else stuck out to you what other quotes alia um i liked that he called christ a ultimate spiritual caregiver and he said he suffered these things for all taking upon himself the sins of the world thus becoming our ultimate spiritual caregiver and my mom and I were talking earlier this week. Um, I tend to be pretty bad at being um, empathetic and charitable to people. <laughs> when people tell me they have a problem, the first thing I want to say is, here's how you can fix it. And nine times out of 10, it's a problem that I've had and I fixed. And so it, in my mind, it doesn't make sense why they wouldn't want to hear how they can fix their problem. <laughs> but of course, most people don't want that. <laughs> they want to hear, wow, that really sucks. <laughs> wow. And I hate saying that. Like, I just, I don't know. And there's just, to me, it doesn't fully make sense to say, yeah, your life sucks. Like, cause it sometimes it does and that's fine to feel sad and, and, you know, not like your circumstances sometimes, but um, so anyways, at the end of the conversation, I guess I just came to the conclusion that I that's something I can work on. And ultimately <laughs> I, I probably can't provide that kind of, um, understanding and empathetic, you know, uh, <laughs> emotions and, and things that they want. But the person that can is the savior who is the ultimate spiritual caregiver. And so I can direct them to the savior and, and, and be, 
you know, at, at the core, it's being a friend and the savior is a friend to all as well. He's, he's like a friend and a therapist and a mentor. Like he's everything. He's the ultimate spiritual caregiver. Yeah. So I really like that description. Yeah. That's a pretty cool description. Uh, Kate, is that true? Does she, does she lack empathy? <laughs> uh, sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is interesting though. Like looking in the scriptures, I never thought about this, but the savior doesn't just go to people and say, here's how you fix your problem. Like mm. he, he goes to them first and like comforts them and helps them and sits with them and teaches them. And then he'll be like, okay, now go serve people and your problems will be solved or go do this. And, you know, right. and then he'll bless them after, but like he comforts them first. I didn't. Yeah. Or, or that. cries with them. Like I think yeah. when, when Lazarus died, was it? Mm-hmm. And he went and he probably knew like, I'm going to resurrect this guy. Right. But, but he cried with the people that were mourning for him before he did that. And, and, and like it maybe to some people, it seems like, almost insensitive like why why didn't you just heal them first (laughs) yeah like just give them cause to not mourn and but instead he mourned with them and cried with them and that's part of our baptismal covenant is mourning with those that mourn and comforting those that are needing comfort and of course christ is the ultimate example of that yeah it's uh that's something i struggle with too i think maybe we're alike in that regard alia where (laughs) I, you know, I'm always like, oh yeah, that's an easy one. Just do this and it'll all be, you know, fixed. And, uh, usually that doesn't, that doesn't take, (laughs) there's a really funny YouTube video where this husband and wife are talking and the wife is describing like all these headaches and she just can't focus. And, you know, she just, life is so hard. And then she turns and there's a nail in her forehead. Oh no. (laughs) And the husband's like, why don't you just get the nail out. And she's like, you don't listen to me. <laughs> you don't understand me. And he's like, but yeah, just like pull the, she's like, Ugh. <laughs> so that was clearly, clearly made by a man, but, um, <laughs> but that's sometimes how I feel. And, uh, you know, I just want to tell people like, well, we'll just do this and it'll be better, but oh, you're right. That's not what most people want. But there's this very like fine line between empathy and enabling, you know, or mm-hmm. between or as, as I always say, uh, between acknowledging and wallowing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You want to you want to validate, but you also want to challenge them like the Lord will comfort you and validate that your emotions are real and it's hard. But most of the time he tells you like, OK, now, you know. Go, go and sin no more or yeah. go thou and do likewise or go build an ark or, you know, whatever the case may be. Like he, it doesn't just stop there. Yeah. Um, so it, but it's hard as a human to know when is that the, what's the right thing to say, mm-hmm. you know? So that's a, I, I enjoyed that line as well. Ultimate spiritual caregiver. So Kate, what is the next part that stood out to you? Um, Another line that I had highlighted in here um, is God prepared a sacrifice in the gift of his own son. Mm. And I just, what stood out for me was that he prepared a sacrifice. Like he knew there needed to be one and he prepared it. And I think that we've talked a lot about just in recent years, the prophets have talked about how Christ, um, you know, grew in favor with God and man. And like he had to learn and grow and stuff in this earth. And he, like was preparing since he was a kid, you know, to become that sacrifice. And I think there's lots of ways in which God will prepare us as well to, to reach our potential or to do what we're supposed to do in this life. So I just thought that it was an interesting choice of words that 
prepare to sacrifice. Yeah, that all, it makes it more like heartbreaking almost, right? Yeah. Like he knew that whole time that he, what he was doing, what he was preparing his son for. Hmm. Leah, what else? What other parts stood out to you? Um, he quoted President Nelson in saying um, that the gift of repentance is the key to happiness and peace of mind. Mm, that sounds important. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and I think I've um, not necessarily ignored, but just underutilized repentance. And President Nelson, for a couple years now, has been saying that um, you're supposed to repent daily. Oh my gosh, the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so loud. Um, the, the, the repentance is something you're supposed to do daily and every day. And I have never done that before. But recently I've been thinking a lot more about it and um, trying to trying to repent daily. And it's really interesting. It's, it's definitely enabling. Like I've never really understood that word enabling before, but it, that's absolutely what it is. And um so, and peace of mind is another thing too. Um, it's definitely helped a lot with that. So, yeah. Yeah. If you felt the spirit leave, it's because cats are demons and they chase the spirit away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, she'll be back, I guarantee. Yep. So, you have though, so maybe not explicitly focused on repentance, repentance, but you've focused on self-improvement. Yeah. That's something I've always been focused on. Yeah. So what, what's the difference in your mind between repenting and self-improving? Um, I think repentance is self-improvement on a deeper level that I haven't like quite understood yet. Mm -hmm. Like it's a deep, it's, it's a level of understanding that I hadn't quite gotten to, I guess. Okay. I think there's a, a Venn diagram of like repentance and self-improvement and they overlap part yeah. way. So sometimes they're the same. Sometimes they're not. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you know, you take classes at school and that's self-improving, but it's not necessarily repenting, but right. you try to be better at empathy or, you know, read your scriptures. Those things are part of repentance. So, mm -hmm. okay. Kate, what else has stood out to you? Any other things um, that you had highlighted? I was actually, another thing I had highlighted was what Aaliyah just read, just because I like the key to happiness and peace of mind. Yeah. Like that's just huge, I think, in this day and age. How has repentance impact you, impacted your happiness then um, and your peace of mind? I think it's just, it's comforting to know that, you know, when we repent, we don't have to worry about it so much anymore. Like if we just, like that guilt and stuff, it just, when you sincerely repent, that guilt isn't really there anymore. Like you can still feel bad that you did it or kind of remember that you did it, but it's not this like overwhelming guilt that's just like is ever present in your mind. You know, it's just like, it, it just makes it easier to move on and be like, okay, like now I can do better and I can be better tomorrow and like that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like Elma in chapter 36 when he repents and he tells a story multiple times that this is his really long telling of a story. And he says he remembers his pains no more. So mm -hmm. he didn't forget his sins, but the pain of, of, you know, that guilt and that feeling of just regret was taken from him. So sounds like a great place to be, to feel that sense of peace. Um, any other things, Kate, that stood out to you? Any other quotes? Um, I think that was pretty much all of them. Those okay. are all the ones I had highlighted. Awesome. Aaliyah, any other things? Um, <clears throat> I, so Kate quoted something earlier and I like the second half. 
Mm. Um, so it's God prepared a sacrifice in the gift of his own son who should be sent a new time to open a door through which man might enter into the Lord's presence. So I liked that um, imagery of opening a door. Um, and this whole talk is kind of about um, almost grace and being saved, but also putting forth effort. And to me, the door metaphor works for that because maybe we can't open the door, but Christ opened it for us and we just have to walk through. But he can't make us take those steps. And so we have to, um, you know, put forth, put forth effort to walk through the door and take a hold of the opportunity that the Lord gave us. That's great. He's not going to like open it and then shove you in. You right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> He's standing there. It's open. You just got to walk. Mm. Well, I don't think we prepared Kate for this, but uh, at the end, Kate, we talk about invitations to act and promises associated with the invitations. So we'll start with Aaliyah and I'll ask both of you if you saw any promises or invitations. Um, I saw a promise at the end and that was, I assure you that as we put our trust in Jesus Christ and his supernal atoning sacrifice enduring in our faith to the end, we will enjoy the promises of our beloved Heavenly Father, who does everything within his power to help us return to his presence one day. Can you elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess this is kind of an invitation and a promise. So as yeah. we trust Jesus Christ and endure to the end, we will enjoy the promises of Heavenly Father. And that Heavenly Father is someone who uh, is doing everything he can to help us get back to him and, and his glorious presence so the promise is trust jesus christ the um the invitation, or the invitation and the promise attached to the invitation is getting back to heavenly father yep great kate did you find any um in the couple sentences right before what Aaliyah just quoted uh it says that i testify to you that through him and his infinite atonement the savior provided the way to overcome death both physically and spiritually in addition to these great blessings, he also offers us comfort and assurance in difficult times. So I guess the invitation would be to, you know, take advantage of the atonement and to use it every day. Um, and then, you know, you'll have comfort and assurance through all of your difficult times. Yeah, I think that those two invitations and, and promises sort of sum up his whole talk, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. we have blessings in this life and we eternal salvation in the life to come through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Well, I think that wraps up this talk. It was a, a good one. And again, sort of like a fundamental talk, but something important to hear over and over. So um, since that wraps that up, Aaliyah, why don't you tell everybody how they can get a hold of us? We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Words of the Prophets Podcast, or you can email us at Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. Okay. Our next talk that we'll discuss is The Grave Has No Victory by Reina. Aburto. I don't know how to say that either. <laughs> um, and that she is a second counselor in the Relief Society General Presidency. So thanks for joining us today. And until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.